Good morning. How's everybody? I'm reminded uh, when I see a big group of people at church that we got to make sure we, we uh, you know, help out people when they come in and make sure we're friendly and help them scoot in or you scoot in. Can we do that? Not, not right now, but next week. And the other thing I think about when I see all you beautiful people at church is what if you came every Sunday this year? You know what? My goal this year is to read a book every week. And you know what? It's been difficult. It's taken some sacrifice. It's taken some time away from things I normally wasted my time on. But man, it has been amazing. What if you said, Sunday, me and my house, we will go to church? Amen? All right, cool. We want to get started? We are in part 14. Everybody say 14. We are in part 14 of the Gospel of John. That doesn't mean chapter 14. We're still on chapter 6. We're going to finish up chapter 6 today, and then on Wednesday night we go into chapter 7, so make sure you come out Wednesday night for that. Um, Man, our 10 days of prayer was awesome. Thank you for everybody involved with that. It was literally life-transforming, life-changing. And so going forward, not this Tuesday, but next, we're going to start our noon prayer every week. So um, if you're around at noon or your boss lets you come to church at noon for a half hour, we're going to pray together. Amen? And then one thing before we get into the message, last week I threw out a little challenge. Everybody grab their phones. You can now text New Hope Church. So what we're doing for uh, a couple more weeks, are you going to text your selfie, tell us who you are, and then we're going to give a gift card. We're going to pick your name out of a hat and give a gift card out because I just want to be able to pray for you or text you or whatever. So if you want to be part of that, uh, we're not going to sell your information. Uh, We won't, uh, well, maybe, no, I'm just kidding. Um, So if you want to text us, it's 863-635-635. 2702, or if you want to take a photo of that number, and then you can do it after church, and uh, we'd love to connect with you. Amen? Have you ever heard of the saying, where the rubber meets the road? Right? You probably have, right? And the point of that is this, is which a theory or an idea is put finally into practice. Have you heard a lot of theories throughout your days Hey, if you did this, this may happen. Today, I want to really talk about this idea of making what you are talking about or your theory into reality. Because people, people can talk a lot, can't they? Have you ever met someone who they got like a thousand ideas, but they don't ever do any of them? You're like, okay, here we go again. The next business plan by so-and-so. We have these lofty goals, we have these imaginations, we, we, we want to do all of these things, but we need to put them into practice. I am totally like that. I'm a, I'm a dreamer. Any dreamers out there? Oh, yeah. I'm a dreamer, and then I pray, and then I really try to make the rubber meet the road because I'm like, this thing would be awesome, Right?
So far, so good. Pray for me. This week, I'm like, I got to find a, a shorter book. <laughs> Last week killed me. <laughs> but it's a lofty goal, but imagine if you did it. Or imagine if you just did some of it. I think sometimes, too, when we do New Year's resolutions or we say we're going to start something, we do this giant goal, and then when we fail the first time, we give up. What if we just said, I'm going to read a page a day? And then tomorrow, I'll read two pages. What if we just got in motion and did what God was calling us to do? At our home, sometimes we don't know what to pray. So guess what? At night, we pray the Lord's Prayer together. And we are learning what it means, what the words mean together as a family. What if I did this? What if I did this? And we could theorize all day about what we want to do, but until we act, until I act, I could say, oh, I'm going to read a book in seven days. If I read 40 pages a day, I could read a book in a week. If I gave up some TV time, if I gave up Facebook, I don't play video games, but I played one over there earlier. Someone was playing one back there, and I just kind of touched their phone, one of the youngins. That was it for the week for my video game. But until I pick up the book and start reading, I'll never read a book. What, how does that translate to our relationship with the Lord? How is our relationship with Jesus? Are we praying? Are we reading? Are we going to church? Are we giving? We could talk all day long about it. But this year... Let's really do it. Amen? Let's really put some steps, some boots on the ground. And I believe it'll change your life. Amen? Because we live by faith. Look what it says here in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we live by faith, not by sight. So what if God is calling you, fast forward from the book idea, that's just reading a book. But what if God called you to step out in faith and you haven't yet? We walk by what? Faith, not by sight. What if we saw this big mountain in front of us? You know, I, when I was a youth pastor in Colorado, we would go hiking. We'd do a three-day camp, camping trip through the Rocky Mountains. And we would sleep at about 12,000, 11,000 feet above sea level. And then during the day, we would hike up to like 13, 13 and a half thousand feet. But if, man, if we got at the bottom, we're just like, oh, my. But what if we just looked down a little bit? We're like, this is it. I'm just doing my, my next step. And guess what? You're going to slowly, slowly, slowly get up the mountain. Amen? It was so cool. We would, it was like June and July, and we would catch fish in this lake. And there'd still be snow, and we would just put them in the snow to keep them cold until we wanted to eat them. It was, it was awesome. And those of you that know me, you're like, you probably didn't eat any fish, Pastor Landon. Man, I remember about 10 years ago, Tara and I would look at our bank account and all of these ridiculous credit cards. And be like, what did we get from any of these cards? So you could also go the other direction. 
You can have step of faith or you can have steps backwards. We're looking at all this debt like, oh, my goodness, Lord, help us with this debt. And we're like, we're going to do this plan. And you probably know the plan. We're going to do this specific plan. And there's these little baby steps. But guess what? My wife is looking at me like, you're telling a story? Do you trust me or do you trust your credit cards? I immediately says, I trust you. And I cut them up. And you know how many stories that we have that shouldn't have happened that God took care of? Because I said, I want to put my full trust. I want to walk by faith, not by sight. And this, that's my story. That doesn't have to be your story. Maybe God's saying that to you in something else. And most importantly, I want to follow Jesus in 2023. Amen? I want to I do what he's calling me to do. Or I want to do what he's calling me not to do. I want to be all in. The Bible talks often about people walking away, and this is how we get to the end of John 6. You know, a lot, some denominations say, well, you, you, once, once you're saved, that's it. But look what it says here, and we're going to talk about it a little bit today. It says, we're going to talk about this, and let's stand for a moment so we can, I can read this for you. Let's stand for, out of respect for the word that we're going to look at today. From this time, many of his disciples, not the 12, turned back and no longer followed him. And no longer followed him. Here's what Jesus says. You don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Verse 69. May not have put it up there. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Some went away, walked away, didn't follow him. The 12 followed him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word today. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. Help us to understand what you're speaking to us today. In Jesus' name, the church said, you may be seated. Isn't that great in church? You can just tell people what to do when they do it. <laughs> Ask your neighbor if you're ready for the word. And then look to your second pick. Say, you ready? Many disciples turn back. What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Christ. 
And Jesus, and we learn here at the end of John 6 that many walked away from Jesus. And then it says the 12 didn't. And here again in 1 Timothy 4.1, we see something similar. The spirits clearly said that in the later times, some will abandon the faith. How can you abandon something if you're not part of it yet? They had faith, they abandoned the faith. And follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Or the news agencies. Why why do they turn why did they turn away? To understand the meaning of this question, we need to backtrack a little bit, right? Let me give you a little reminder. We see here in John 6, we see, we see Jesus feeds the 5,000 men, women, children. There could have been 15,000, 50,000. Who knows how many were there? We know there's 5,000 men. Then he walks on the water to his disciples, and the disciples were literally transported from the middle of the lake to the other side. Pretty amazing stuff happening in uh, John 6. And then the people who were fed, like, that's our meal ticket. We, if, we can, if we can catch up and find Jesus, we can make him king, and we can get rid of these crazy Romans from our land. That was their goal. They tried to make him king. But Jesus didn't come at that time to be that kind of king. He came to be king of our hearts. He came to seek and to save the lost. That was the goal. On Wednesday, we heard of Jesus teaching them. Look at this in John 635. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I don't know about you, but I have to eat every day. Anybody else? Yeah. If you went without a meal, you would have a hard time. Right? Yeah. We need to eat every day. Jesus says if we come to him, he will, we have a spiritual hunger that no one else can take care of but Jesus. And he is that bread of life, that spiritual nourishment that we all need, that we're all trying to fill with all sorts of other things, vices and addictions and who knows what. Fill in the blank for yourself. The big picture is we have a physical daily need, but we also have a spiritual eternal need. And Jesus came to fulfill the latter. And you know what? In the meantime, he'll bless the physical as well. Isn't that great? Are you guys with me today? Did everybody have their coffee? Okay, I don't know. We need some more amens. Oh, there we go. Come on. Some of you are Pentecostals. Some of you are Baptists. 
Some of you are Methodists. Well, hey, look at it. Some were Catholics at some point. I don't want to. I don't want to say it. And so we see here that when they all get together and they find, they finally in the later part of John 6, they catch up to Jesus. He says this, I am the bread of life. And then he goes deeper and deeper and deeper. But before we get to the deeper and deeper and deeper part, I want to talk a moment just about why are we here? If we follow Jesus, what are we doing? Is our only our only thing as a Christian is to come to church on Sunday and Wednesday. No. If that's it, hey, that's just the baseline. Right? Just like our salvation, that's just the baseline. Hey, we're in. Yay, we're saved, right? And then God has so much more for you to do. He has gifts for you. He has people for you to serve. He has people for you to pray for. He has people for you to bless. Amen? It's not just the pastor's job to do all this stuff. You know what? You know what? In Ephesians, it talks about the pastors are here to what? Anybody know? Equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So if you are a saint, which you are, you're a Christ follower, let me equip you to do the work of the ministry. Amen? And that's ours. If you have a passion for something, get out there and do it. This is your year, 2023. Guess what? There's going to be many people by the end of this year doing serving that they have never done before. Isn't that awesome? And that's you. We should have one of those signs, we need you, right? And it won't have to be Uncle Sam. It's Jesus. He's like, come on, people. It's time to get involved. It's time to do your thing. Amen? So here's some of the things that the Bible talks about, and we could go on. We could make a list um, long, okay? But I'm just going to mention seven to you today. Number one, pick up your cross and follow me daily, Jesus says. Pick it up. You're like, what does that mean? Go read it. I'm not going to go down. That's not the sermon today. Two, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them Amen? You're like, I don't know, Pastor. That's your job. Listen, you can share the gospel. What's the gospel? The good news. What's the good news? What Jesus did in you. You have a testimony. You have a story to tell. Amen? And so God can speak that through you at work, at frostbite, at the roost. And if you go to Johnny's Egg, he can do it there too. Amen? <laughs> Which I like that place too. No Listen, we love all these places. Support them. Tip, tip, tip. Like, tip your waitress, waiter. Number three, look after orphans and widows in their time of need. In James, it says this. He's at, they're asked this question, what does it truly mean? Look after orphans and widows in their time of need. Four, he calls us to give to give offerings, to tithe, all of those good things. Number five, everybody say five. Don't give up meeting together. That was the, literally the scripture of the day if you have the Version app. Don't give up meeting together. You don't have to just meet here on Sunday morning. You can meet on Monday, Tuesday. 
Number six, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then number seven is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, we could go on and on and on, but aren't those great things that you can do as a believer? And you know what happens in church when people are doing that? I'm going to call it the New Hope Revolution. The New Hope Revolution. What does a tire do? It revolves. It keeps going, right? If you keep pedaling that bike, what happens? It keeps going. Tesla, I can't say the same thing. It'll stop, and you have to charge it. But a bicycle will just keep going and going and going. And guess what? If we had a church that everybody did their part, guess what would happen? It would keep going and going and going and going. I think in our culture in America, we're so used to going somewhere and receiving something that we forget God's calling us to give something. Right? We show up at Chick-fil-A. Oh, my goodness, the music's great. They have uh, mouthwash in the bathrooms. My goodness. These, and we get this amazing food. And then we kind of start critiquing it. Well, the Chick-fil-A sauce didn't taste the same today. Hey, you paid for that. Right? But at church, guess what's going to happen when we give? We're going to receive as well. And it just keeps going and going. Maybe this season of your life, you're serving somebody. Maybe the next season of your life, they're having a hard time, and you're receiving. And what if we kept praying, God, what would you have me to do in the church? How would you have me to serve? Amen? So, back to the story. What happened... What did Jesus say to all of these people that are like, where'd he go? Where'd the guy go that did the the feeding of the 5,000? And when they catch up to him, there's a big portion of scripture. I want to read all of it to you. Okay, we're at church to read the word, aren't we? I remember some people saying, well, I remember some pastors saying, well, I I don't want to read too much of the scripture. Like, isn't that our job? Like, come on, dude. So we're going to read a large port. I'm going to read to you a large portion of scripture, and I want you to have an open mind. Jesus is speaking this. It's some really extreme stuff that if it's compli- that if it's heard wrong, it can kind of offend people. Okay, look at this. At this, verse 41. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about. Him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. You notice people start grumbling. Have you ever been in a grumbling church? I'm so glad we're not a grumbling church. Praise the Lord. Woo! I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know, like, you know, the carpenter? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, verse 45, they will all be taught by God. 
Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. Verse 46, no one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Truly, very truly, I tell you. Here it is again. The one who believes me, believes, has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. Amen. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. He's like, listen, if they want to follow me, they're, they're going to hear the whole story. This is not just about the physical bread that's going to keep them hungry again, bringing them back. This is the physical, this is the spiritual that they need. Verse 52, then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give up his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. This is extreme, isn't it? Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them, just as the living Father sent me and live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Amen. Wow. Notice how if you don't understand this passage, how it could be offensive. Have you ever been offended before? Woo. Our culture gets offended by everything. And maybe sometimes even in church we get we have an offense. Or something just doesn't quite add up. But it doesn't mean we give up or walk away. The Jewish people were taught their whole life one thing, and then this Jesus fellow comes along and teaches them something drastically different from what they learned. In our culture, I've noticed... We are consumers, right? Consume, consume, consume. Last year, I got so annoyed with going to the store that in January, I bought everything we needed for our household items uh, in January. I'm like, this is so annoying to me. I got to go there every month for, like, shampoo? You're like, how did you do that? I did Dave Ramsey, okay? But what are we consuming? So I want to I I give you three ideas today. Number one, consume Christ. Now, this was hard for people to understand, but it doesn't have to be. Jesus was not literally telling people to eat his body and drink his blood. Can we just clear that up? Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's a different religion. then what, what was he meaning here? He wants us to consume everything that he has for us. He wants us to partake in everything that he's done for us. When we do communion, 
Guess what we're doing? We're partaking. We're remembering his sacrifice, which we, I think we're, we've got communion on, on there for next month. We're, we're consuming. We're partaking in the promises of God. We're partaking in salvation. Amen? We're partaking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, in the gifts of the Spirit. We get to consume everything that he has for us. Isn't that such a blessing in our life? The bread of life. Consume it. And you know what? We'll be rewarded when we consume this. We'll be rewarded with eternity with Jesus. Amen? Number two. Everybody say two. And this kind of goes back to kind of part of the theme of this message. Be a hope dealer, not a joy stealer. Amen? Look what, look what the, the, the first couple of verses here that we read John 6, 43 to 44 says, Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. Listen, we're not just here for ourselves. Right? Our culture is all about me. It's right, the iPhone. Right back in the day, MySpace, it's all centered around the individual. And once we consume Christ, guess what we should do? We should help others. Amen? We can't just be inward-focused believers. What can the church do for me? Right? And... John F. Kennedy would say something different to that, wouldn't he? Don't ask what your church can do, but ask what you can do for your church. Church, we're the people. We're part of this group, this revolution. Amen? All sorts of things in our world that Customer's always right. Have you heard this before? It's not true. I used to work at Walmart when I was 16 years old. They weren't always right. <laughs> A lot of times they were wrong. No. But we go to Disney. We want to be entertained, right? And we want all of our money to go away. Okay, you got it. Okay, good. But you know what was interesting this week? I watched this TED Talk about a guy named Michael, uh, what's his name? Michael Jr. Have you ever heard of this? He's a comedian. He's a Christian comedian. He's awesome. He's, he's so funny. But he said when he was kind of coming up, he would try to get laughs from people. Right? His goal, when he got up on the stage, he wanted to receive something. He wanted to get laughs. And one day, something shifted. He was, he was uh, signing autographs outside of um, a church or wherever it was that he was doing his comedy, and he saw a homeless man across the street. And in that moment, God said, what if instead of getting laughs, 
you gave something. You gave the opportunity to somebody to receive a laugh or to receive something. And he said it changed his whole outlook on his profession, what he did. What if that was our attitude as believers? And then guess what happens? That New Hope Revolution happens. And it's always going to come back 30, 60, and what? A hundredfold. You know, and the church is different. Church is not Walmart. Church is not Chick-fil-A. Right? We are a gospel ship. I like to think about it this way, right? We're this, we're this, we're not a cruise liner where there's all this extra ice cream and stuff. But we are a crew, we are this ship that there's people who are sick and we're here to help them. And on the day I'm sick, you're here, you got to serve me. And when you're sick, we're going to help you out. And I'm talking spiritual sick. And then the last one. I'll close with this. I could go on all day. Sorry, this was this sermon was all over the map, but this is what we this I just like this is not a typical day, but I'm learning I'm learning more about what God wants the church to look like. And number three, what what will you do? John six, in these last three verses, it says, From the time when many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. From that time, they, they no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Can we stand for a moment? I want to challenge you with a couple ideas as, as we kind of wrap up the day a little bit here. What will you do? When something happens that pushes you to the edge, you know, I've, I've done, the last three Saturdays, I've done a funeral each Saturday. And what's it, you know what it's reminding me of? Is this physical body is not eternal yet. That, we're, that our life on this earth is short. And we only have one life to live. And what are we going to do about it? Are we going to live for God? Or are we going to live for ourselves? Are we going to be thirsty and hungry for the things of God? Or are we going to be hungry and thirsty for the things that will satisfy us for a day or a week or a month? And then we'll be on to the next thing. Notice there's two groups, the crowd. A majority of people in that group, it says, many disciples turned back. I think of the story of the rich young ruler who met up with Jesus. He had everything the world had to offer. And he's really just asking Jesus, what's, what's next? He's like, come follow me. He's like, give up all your stuff and follow me. 
And guess what? The rich young ruler walked away from Christ sad because he didn't want to give up his stuff that all, we all know will eventually go away. We can't take it with us. It's not going to get us into heaven. It may make us look cool for a little while and then it'll go out of style and you'll have to sell it at a garage sale. What if the rich young ruler gave up everything that made him who he thought he should be and followed Jesus? He may have had a front row seat at the feeding of the 5,000. He may have been in the boat or close by when Jesus walked on water. He may have been there when Jesus healed the blind man. Church, what if God has moments like that for you and you can't give up all your other stuff and follow him? Today, Maybe that moment where you say, you know what? I'm going to give up that stuff. To, to me, Jesus wasn't just, wasn't, it wasn't all about the guy's money. You can have some money or a house or a car. It was about the attitude that he held that stuff. That was his world. That was his life. And so what's your world and what's your life that God's asking you to give up? for you to sacrifice for him. So there's the crowd and then there's the disciples stayed. So which, which group are we in today? Are we in the crowd that's like, oh, it's getting dicey here. We're going to Or are we going to be like the disciples say, who else is there to go to? There's nobody to be compared to our Lord. There's nobody compared to the Savior of the universe. There's nobody compared to the one who created me. There's no one who calls me friend like Jesus does. I'm going to cling to him. And I'm going to sacrifice what he's calling me to sacrifice. It might be time, maybe energy. It might be money. It might be some relationships. It might be our entertainment. It might be something that nobody else even knows about. And you'll remember this day, January 29th. 2023 that was the day that I drew the line in the sand and I'm not going to go back I'm going to go forward in faith because I don't live by what I can see because the world looks like a messed up place 
I live by faith in Jesus Christ alone for my salvation. I thought about it this way. Imagine you being lost in the woods. And then comes along this amazingly experienced hiker. He's like, hey, come with me. I'll show you the way out. It's like, sure, I'll go with you. If you can get me out of my, my mess here, I'm, I'm lost. I've been lost however long. And that's who Jesus is. He's the amazing hiker. He's saying, listen, I know the way out. I created the road by way of the cross. And guess what you have to do when you're in that lost woods? You have to give up all control and follow the hiker out of there. Because you don't live by sight. You live by faith in the one who did it all. And he didn't just go to the cross to make the way out of the woods. He rose three days later from the grave and said, it's finished. It's done. I feel like a lot of us still, even as we're, we're like in the middle of the woods, just like, oh, just fumbling around, like trying to figure out things where we could just give up, surrender, and follow the more experienced hiker who made the trail anyway. That's his land. He knows that tree. He planted it. He created that one. He knows the way. Amen. Can we bow our heads for a moment? So I feel like today some of us need to make that decision that today is the day of salvation. Or maybe today is a day where God's going to free you from the sin that so easily entangles you that keeps you lost in the woods, that you're like, man, I can't get out of here. I've been trying. I've been running into this tree and this branch. But guess what? You haven't been letting Jesus do it. So today you say, I'm going to repent. Today I'm going to give up control follow Jesus as Lord of my life. Is there anybody like that today that says, that is me. I've been fumbling around in the woods. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Anybody else lost out in the woods and says, I'm just, I'm going to say yes to Jesus. He's my way out. Amen. Those of you that raise your hands, just speak to him for a moment and say, help me out of the woods. I want to turn from my way of sin, my life, the road that I'm on, and I want to follow you all the days of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the, your presence 
in this room. Thank you that, that we can be challenged without being offended. Thank you that we can hear your voice. Thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for paving it with your blood on the cross. Thank you for raising three days later to seal the deal. In Jesus' name, everybody said, come on, can we celebrate today, church? Come on, we can do a little bit more. Six people said yes to Jesus. Six people said, I want out of the woods. Come on, we can do better.